It's Friday night, everybody. You know what that means. It's Friday night. Let's have some fun. Let's get together and play a ton. I'm Matt. And I'm John. And together, we're Friday Night Games. <laughs> Friday Night Games, we are two board game enthusiasts who accuse each other of being the traitor. I'm, I'm not the traitor. Yeah. Uh-huh. And with joining That's us... what they always say. <laughs> And joining us today is our good friend uh, and um removal, Kevin Kwan. Hey, I, I think. On today's show, we're going to talk about everyone's favorite accused everyone lying and cheating games, otherwise known as social deduction games. We'll first define what a social deduction game is and then discuss two recent games that we've played. Mantis Falls by Distant Rabbit Game, which is on Kickstarter until July 28th. And The Grim Masquerade, which is available to buy now by Skybound Games and Druid City Games. Afterwards, we will talk about the top five social deduction games on Board Game Geek. And maybe we'll geek out. Or that could just turn into our geek out. Probably will. I like it. I like it. So to start us off, what is a social deduction game? Well, the definition of a social deduction game is actually two game mechanics. Deduction crossed with bluffing. So deduction is a form conclusions based on available information. It involves logical reasoning, cat and mouse games, and may include player-driven feedback, which may or may not be truthful. And that leads to bluffing, where players are encouraged to use deception to achieve their goals. It involves hidden information that maybe people know about or maybe people don't know about. So when you combine those two game mechanics, you get social deduction. Some games have core mechanic using social deduction. Examples of those would be Resistance or Secret Hitler, where the object is to use social deduction as a team to win the game over a set of rounds while trying to make the other team lose. While other games use social deduction as just a part of the game, but not necessarily the main component. For instance, Shadows Over Camelot and Dead of Winter have different objectives to play through, but one person is trying to lead the team astray and help them lose. Yeah, another common mechanic of the social deduction games is betrayal by a traitor. This is where everyone is on the same team with a common goal, but there's one player that is trying to lose the game for everyone. And I know when we play Dead of Winter, for whatever reason, one of the guys, Zach, in our group, always ended up getting the traitor. No, Zach never, <laughs> come on, Zach never got the traitor. Zach was just always being the traitor, no matter if he got the traitor card oh, or not the traitor. Oh, he was just trying to screw us up. <laughs> yeah, he just okay. did not want to play with us. <laughs> All right, so let's uh, get right into it. So what were the last social deduction games that you guys have played? I'm really excited to talk about Mantis Falls. I was excited because when we went to PAX South, we were helping Mission to Planet Hex demo at the Indie Tabletop Showcase. And before we left, I was looking at the other games that were going to be showcased. I think there's, what, eight games total? And Mantis Falls was one that just sort of stood out to me. I don't know if it was just like the artwork of the game or what they were doing on social media at the time, but I, I knew I wanted to take this game home with me to play it that was the only game that that was the one game 
I needed to bring home from the the tabletop showcase. Seeing all the showcase games, that's the game that really caught your eye. Right, right, right. So Mantis Falls is a mob-run mountain town, and the players are witness to something they shouldn't have seen, and they're trying to work together to escape the town. It's labeled as a semi-cooperative game, only because there are hidden roles that are assigned at the beginning of the game, and there is a potential to have a game of all witnesses, or one of the players be an assassin that is there to hinder your gameplay. So players move along three roads, so sunset, night, and dark, and they're navigating their way to the end of the road. The board's laid out in a series of cards in rows that act as like turning points in the game. When players land on the cards, they work to resolve events that happen, in secret using action cards. I mean, this allows players to build trust with each other or quote-unquote pretend to build trust if you end up getting the assassin card. Players win if all witnesses escape the town alive and the assassins win if they kill just one witness. Mantis Falls is cool because it combines combo-driven card play and hand-building with player communication. And each turn, players discuss tactics, defend choices, and bluff through the event card. Players must think alike and be ready to help each other but also be ready to call out if they think someone is an assassin it is designed for two to three players and we were fortunate enough to play with three players in our game which was awesome and we did have an assassin in our in our playthrough we did yeah which actually made it the game was pretty intense it was because we did we didn't have to no yeah we didn't have to have an assassin in that game and we did me and john originally started off accusing each other while Brittany was just kind of on the side but we did podcast a review about this game yeah back in march because we for the Kickstarter, which originally was going to be in March, now it got pushed back to July 1st? Yeah, beginning of July or something like that. End of June. So I'm not going to go into crazy descriptions, but what did you really like about the game? Just to recap from that podcast. We played the, I believe it was called the Triad module. So there's different modules that's available in the game. And we chose the Triad because we had the three players. It had a really cool, clever use of the betrayal mechanic. I really liked how my wife, my wife ended up being the assassin and she played it off very well i didn't really figure out she was the assassin until it was too late i initially thought it was you matt because i forget what you did you made me lose health really early on in the game and i was like well screw you dude and then and then something switched where i was like you're not well because i gave up some actions to kind of help you out to gain your trust back which could have been an assassin thing to do too but really the key to being a betrayer is to not do it right away you be a betrayer later on yeah, which, <laughs> which was, exactly was what, what happened. Yeah, exactly. Like if, if everyone's not doing that, you know, it's harder to figure out the betrayer. But I feel if someone betrays right away, they're probably either not a very good betrayer <laughs> <laughs> or they're just clumsily playing the game and not realizing what they're doing. Right. That's probably me as a betrayer. But what's cool about this is that when you're going through the roads, even though there's three players, there's only ever two active players in the game. The two active players are the ones that have to solve the, the event that happens when you flip the card. Let me ask you a question let me ask you a question what is the main bluffing and what is the main deduction in the game so the main bluffing is when you are trying to solve the events you are laying down your action cards in secret so whoever the active players are in the, in the triad module you lay action cards down in secret and then you reveal them at the same time oh yeah so the bluffing comes from oh i didn't have any other card right even yeah. though you kind of anticipate them revealing a certain card so you try to put that last or something right and then you can communicate and be like oh i've got this card to help you out or not right yeah there's so there's a bluffing of what's in your hand exactly and then that's where i thought you were the betrayer kind of right away because you're supposed to be helping me why are you why am i losing help oh so on mine i drew an event 
and the event said you can do a b or c and i chose one of the ones that are like okay well you have to lose health so you have to lose one health i could have if i was a betrayer i think it actually said on there someone could lose two health right but i chose the minimum but you wouldn't know that because that's the whole deduction right. thing right so it's like oh well it's telling me you're gonna lose health oh matt must be matt probably got a zero right <laughs> right and then with part of the deduction game it's just like who's helping me what are they doing are they playing their own game and what oh, my wife was so good about she's so she's such an intense board game player it scares me sometimes <laughs> it's just like she played it so well because she was actually just playing her own game the entire time without right. us really realizing it well i wouldn't say we we didn't completely not realize it i realized it once there was like one move where she had to move hey you should move ahead a couple spaces i can help you and she's like no no no, no i'm fine yeah <laughs> i'm like mm. The other thing that tipped me off, and this is, I think this is with any betrayer, they're always like, oh, uh, I need to read the rules. <laughs> <laughs> they question everything. Yeah, exactly. Like, what do you mean you need to read the rules? You don't trust me, eh? All right. Like, those are the two keys. And, you know, I'm just slow to the uptake. After, afterwards, I look back and reflect, and I'm like, oh, that's why I need to know the rules. Oh, that's why you're challenging me on this rule. Oh, okay. <laughs> I remember, for whatever reason, I had a card that allowed me to really navigate the road really quickly. And I was pretty much near the end. And she caught up to me and ended up killing me, like, right at the last card. And I had a card that could have killed us both. But she still would have won because I died. Right. Right? So I was like, well, whatever. It doesn't matter at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It was a fun game. Definitely highly recommend it. And uh, if you're listening to this, it's on Kickstarter till the 20th eight fish yeah they're doing really well i think they have 18 days left and they're they're killing it they're at 100 grand canadian canadian (laughs) (laughs) canadian eh so yeah they're they're doing really well kevin kevin our american friend what's 100 grand canadian in american dollars five billion (laughs) no it's the opposite Uh, negative five (laughs) maybe five grand oh ouch (laughs) hey i'm canadian too you're both yes i am dual it's really cool about this game there's no multi-tiered like win objectives so the the point of the game is just to survive it Get to the end yeah get to the end but it's hard to achieve when every player has the potential to die really easily right you lose health quite easily in the game it's actually very difficult to beat I think, and I, I think that's what will bring me to play it more often. Finding out all the ways just to like maintain my health during the game. Yeah. Also, it comes with a bunch of modules too. I definitely want to play through those. Yeah. I can't wait to get my car. I know we, 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 we both backed it. We both backed it. So we have we have two copies coming, which is pretty awesome. We should also note that Distant Rabbit Games gave us a review copy. I think you did mention that, which was really nice of them to put trust in us reviewing their game, which was really cool. We weren't able to be at Pack South for the entire weekend. And and they gave up one of their demo copies so that we can bring it home and, and play and review it, which was pretty sweet. Yeah. Thank you, Distant Rabbit Games, for trusting us with your yeah. with your game. Thank you very much. We definitely appreciate it. And congratulations on your successful Kickstarter. The other game that we played, I actually got to play with Bill, and I think you got to play with your wife too. I ended up purchasing the game after you told me you played it. That's so cool because later on, not only am I going to rank Mantis Falls, I'm also going to rank Grim Masquerade against the top five games, social deduction games and board game games. Cool. Let's talk a little bit about Grim Masquerade. It is by Skybound Games and Druid City Games. The Grim Masquerade is a 2019 social deduction game. The Grim Masquerade is 
a 2019 social deduction set collecting game about attending the Beast's Ball. The object is to collect three of your character's boons to win immediately on the round, or be the last character standing by ousting characters by giving them two of their banes. Real quick, what's a set collecting game? In a set collecting game, you're you're trying to collect the same thing. You know, like Go Fish. You're trying to collect, you know, okay. two of the same okay. fish or two of the same numbers. It's the same thing. In this game, your boons and banes, they could be like mirrors or cauldrons. They're artifacts. You're collecting artifacts, and you're trying to collect three of a kind to win the round, or you're trying to give another player two of a kind so that they lose the round. And then you win the round by either being the last character standing or by collecting three of the same kind of artifacts that your character needs to win the round okay good question i like it so on your turn you simply draw two artifact cards which could be your boon or your bane you get to choose one card to keep and you give the other artifact to another player to help deduce what character their player is this is like one of the mechanics of the game that i i really liked this is where you're like i i know who you are like your tableau is visible to everybody right yes you can kind of gauge what, what that person is when you're choosing your artifacts to keep and give away that's like my favorite part of the game is that's where you're using your social deduction to yeah see seeing the tableau and yeah. then there's there's a whole strategy which we'll get into in a minute super cool you have a scene tableau when you give the artifact and you keep an artifact everyone sees what you took and not only that because it's set collecting if they see you take two of the same cards they, there's a tracking board which they then put a mark that like oh he didn't lose a character when he collected the two artifacts so i'm going to mark it on the board to know he isn't this character right so if you ever match three artifacts you win that round if that's your character's boon or put a tracking marker on the board which i just said to remember what your boon is not you can also perform several actions which are chosen randomly every round there is one thing you can do every round you can accuse the opponent of being a specific character at any time if you do it correctly their character's out and you gain two roses if you lose then the opponent gains a rose if you wrongfully accuse that person there's also another beautiful component the tracking board itself with pieces that go to it which really helps the players have a visualization of all the little mechanics that, that you went through as you're giving artifacts to other players or keeping artifacts. So it helps you keep track on what characters you have. If you win the round, you get the round set of bonuses and winner is any player who gets 10 or more roses or who has the most roses at the end of three rounds. Hope everyone got all that. <laughs> no questions, right, Kevin? <laughs> I think no, no. I think I think I think I'm good. So, John, you ended up playing this with your wife. Mm -hmm. How did the, how was that overall experience? Yeah, it was really cool. I like the open visual of the tableau. So, like, grabbing those artifacts and being able to see and try to figure out what characters that she was. They call it out in the rule book. So just as a note, that's a special, the two-player rule is that each player gets two characters instead of one. But on a normal game, three plus, you're getting one character and trying to guess. And that's just to make it harder for a two-player game. Right. So on the two-player game, you're, you're playing with two characters. And there is a chance where you get a set of characters. One character's boon artifact is the other character's bane artifact. At one point, you're going to have to eliminate one of your cards to move on. That was a pretty cool mechanic in the game, I thought, to kind of just throw the other player off your scent a little bit i think we ended up playing like five or six rounds oh so you played two games two games yes and that night so it was pretty cool that's interesting because we also played two games cool also yeah the main bluffing mechanic is sort of like 
lying about your banes and your boons, right? And the deduction is pretty clear. You're trying to figure out what the other people have using their open tableau. That whole aspect was kind of cool. I found it a very quiet game. It wasn't as loud as playing Resistance or Werewolf or Coup or even Shadows Over Camelot for that matter. But it was more of like a very like thinking game. Like constantly I'm like, here, I'm going to give you this artifact. A, what is your response, right? Which is generally just stone cold. But then you're just like, hmm. Then you're like, are they going to collect another one? Are they not going to collect another one? And then the strategies that me and Bill went through I think I, the first game I kind of clumsily went through it and I kind of just tried to slowly collect my boon on one of the cards without actually collecting any banes. <laughs> like I tried to like not collect a lot of banes but collect my boon and just kind of like spread it out so eventually he wouldn't really know. And I ended up losing that game. But then the second game I ended up just completely lying. What I did was in my head I chose two different characters <laughs> than what I actually had and just pretended like I'm playing to like get the boons of those and i just ended up winning the real cool part about the game was that both games were down to the wire yeah literally we're sitting there there was a card in play that let me trade a card to bill so one of the special abilities you can get rid of two matching cards to do a special ability and this special ability let me trade off something in my tableau to his tableau and he was only down to one of his characters because it's a two-player game and i'm just like i have two things i know he's either mirrors or cauldrons i'm just like all right, I'm just I'm just going to do it. And I just randomly chose one, and it was the right one. And then he's no. like, oh, because <laughs> if I gave him the other one, he would have had his boons, and he would have won. Right. So it was so close. Yeah, I felt like my games were, were pretty close, too. I feel like the first game, I had a really hard time trying to figure out what the strategy was. Okay. And the second game, I was like, okay, I know exactly what I want to do. But the second game is where I had... What was, what was your strategy? I, I forget, but I think I was just trying to... I think I was just trying to get my, my boon artifacts quickly. I mean, I, that just screwed me over. But the second game is the game where I had the characters that had the, the oh. boon and the banes were the same. Oh, so you're trying to sacrifice one right away. Yeah, so I, I think I sacrificed my one, guy, one, my one person right away, and it threw Brittany off a little bit. But I ended up just, like, annihilating her that game, and it was <laughs> such a sweet, sweet victory for me. Because I never beat games against my wife. Like she, I'm not kidding you. She's so intense. I, like, I love it. Thank you. Thank you. It was the one and only time, I think. Yeah, and I just, I remember really, really enjoy playing it. The artwork's beautiful. Oh, that, as that's well. Too. Yeah, so, so just as a note, right? It's by Druid City Games, and, and anything that they make, they put a high production value into. So, like, the cards are beautiful, the art is beautiful. Even that deduction board was done really well, and the idea of the markings, it was just it was just fantastic. Right, right. Quality of everything was, was great. But the game itself was really good, too. Like, I had a very good time playing it. If you ever played Coup, it, was, it had the Coup-esque element to it of a lot of thinking and the deduction, but it wasn't like Resistance, where it's more, way more social, right? So I actually kind of enjoyed it. It was kind of a little bit of a balance. Maybe maybe it was more thinking than coup. So I liked it a lot. <laughs> glad I'm glad I got to play it. Nice. Bill actually picked that up at Gen Con twenty nineteen. Oh yes, I remember that. And I got my little little red riding hood pin on my bag. Oh nice. So this game's available to buy yes, now? Yes, you can you can pick it up. Okay. It's uh it was released last year. It's not one of the, you know, it's not like a, a prime spotlight game that everyone's talking about. But it is a really good game. And for social deduction games, it's, it's very good. And I thought it was really cool, too. I bought it from our local game store, and it was a real good price point for what is in the box. You know, I only paid like 25 bucks or something like that. Canadian. That's 250 American. <laughs> 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 no, but 25 bucks, that's pretty good. I mean, Coup is about 15 to 20, right? So right. You're, for that production value for $25 Canadian is actually 
pretty high for us. Right. And I was, I was jazzed about it. How would you rather play the game? Did you like the two-player element? Or would you think we play better with more players? That's the one problem where we didn't get to do, especially because we, we both played it during COVID. I, I think it would play out a little bit better with three players because it actually has a ghost mechanic. If someone gets kicked out, you can still sway the boons and banes. So I think that's actually really cool. Because the normal deduction game, you get kicked out, you're kicked out. So I think that this keeps you in the game and, and will keep you playing. And I, and I like it. And the game is simple. It's not a hard game to play. And you know what's cool? Like the, Especially with the two games we just mentioned, that third player element is always engaged. Yes. And that, does, like you said, doesn't happen in, in a lot of social deduction games. Because once you're out, you're out. Right. And although I will admit, I think with five players might be a little bit much for this game. Yeah. But with the three players, there's the nice element. Everyone's engaged. With, sorry, with two players, it was, it was good. It was a really good two-player game. I think with three players, it would probably be better. Four players might be just as good as three. Five players might be much. I don't know. I haven't played it, but yeah. if someone has, call us out on it. <laughs> Say it's better. Tell us it's better. On a cool note, so we played Mantis Falls, and we played The Grim Masquerade. And I was like, well, where, where would I put these on a list on board game geek so what i did was i actually went on to board game geek and i'm like well where's their social deduction list they actually don't have one they don't have a list that's specifically for social deduction they have people making their sub lists of it but really you know it's the cross between the two bluffing plus deduction so i was like okay well what games have that so i literally had to have both lists open in front of me and i had to match the list to get the games mind you it may not be like 100% accurate because trader mechanism is another considered a form of social deduction not quite the first game on the list is from 2018 and has only really become available now via second editions and re-kicks and expansions and it's a very heavy game and we played it me and you play it john kevin's never played it and it's nemesis so nemesis comes in at rank 30 there is a disclaimer there it like i said earlier it's more it's a trader game so here's a thought is a trader game a social deduction game you tell me what do you what do you two think I think it depends on what the trader is doing. How would a trader mechanism make it social deduction then? Like, I think if you're pretending to move the game along, like, I feel like, like, I didn't play, we obviously didn't play the trader mechanic in Nemesis, but I feel like we it, did. I played it. I was a trader. Oh, yeah. You, you just you didn't just, realize you it. You just didn't realize Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but you just decided not to do anything. Well, well, the thing is the trader thing was like a mild, it was a mild trader. Yeah. It was like, I have this goal where I can, where I want to get this done. But at one point I'm like, there's no way I could get this done. Like I had a goal of like, I think it was like get to research things, but the aliens were so all over the ship. I'm like, I can't do that. <laughs> the, the ship was like overrun <laughs> i'm like well first of all we probably suck at playing the game but second of all <laughs> like this is no way this this objective is going to get happening but one of you i'm like hey what, what are your objectives and then for some reason you trusted me and then you're like i have this and i'm like okay you know what i'll be honest with you i have this thing i need to get to science tech i can't do it i'm just going to help you finish yours and i think we, did we get someone to get their objective? I, I think someone got it. Yeah, Bill died. Right. And then, so I, got, I think I got my objective. Yeah, so I was like just helping you. I'm like, well, I got weapons, so you tell me what I need to do and I'll do it. Like, whatever. <laughs> I'm, my, my objective's lost. You know? Yeah, I don't know. Like, the, tra the trader for me, I think it's, like, if it's a big part of the game or is it just like a... Like, if it's a core mechanic. Yeah, is it a core mechanic of the game or not? And then if it is, I think 
then that it becomes a, a deduction game because you have to figure out who it is like especially in dead of winter if you have a traitor and you're in the midst there right they, they can really destroy your game right when you're playing right like you said your trader mechanic and nemesis was small like i you, i didn't really realize it i don't even understand how a trader has to collect it was just like you were for a different team you were for the corporation or you were for the marines right or the people in the ship or something and i was and i chose for the corporation so my goal end goal was to help with the corporation which conflicted with your goals so it's a traitor put that in quotes i mean there was direct traitor cards too like i think bill gave up one that said kill john kill right oh uh, yeah we both did yeah yeah we both did so i had one that just killed the kill bill's character he had one that was kill my character and we both decided to do the other thing yeah so there was a direct traitor mechanic but we didn't we didn't do it right i kind of feel like with dead of winter it's like the traitor mechanism is it could be in there or it could not be in there so it's kind of like mild to like well, hold on but hold on but in dead of winter if it is there you're right it is oh it screws up the whole game right the whole game is completely changed if it isn't there the game is still hard the core mechanics are still hard as you're playing it so i feel like if you could maybe have social deduction or maybe not have social deduction is it really a social deduction game it's not like integrated into the core mechanics like grim masquerade it is in there and you have to do it right you like you have to you don't have a choice but dead of winter it's like you sometimes might have to but you sometimes might not have to so is it really like social deduction game if sometimes you don't have to okay so mantis falls is like a lighter version of those dead of winter mainly because it doesn't have as many rules but there's a tension there right there's this huge tension there if you don't know what the other person is it creates a tension into like trust like do i actually trust you and you're like okay you do and you're every move you make you're like oh i don't trust you or i do trust you and when you play a game like shadows over camelot for instance that exact same thing is there where you're like i don't know who to trust one of you guys is trying to screw this game over <laughs> you're obviously going to reveal yourself at some point it may not be right away maybe later on but we'll figure it out right but in dead of winter you're thinking that but you're kind of i mean you're kind of right like there's no if there's no traitor then you kind of figure it out as you play because you're like well no one's really trying to do anything selfish so it doesn't cross your game as much as it would in as in a true social deduction game so you're right you're, you're completely right okay so the second one on the list you know frack this frack that <laughs> it's a great fracking game but we never played it Battlestar Galactica, the board game, circa 2008. So that's actually around the same time like Werewolf came out and Resistance actually came out close to then. So that game is similar to Dead of Winter in a lot of ways, where it has like it has a lot of mechanics. <laughs> if if you know anything about Battlestar Galactica, there's Cylons. Cylons are literally robot or artificial intelligent humans that are robots, and they're trying to they're trying to mess up the ship, make sure they don't land on a planet. So humans created these these cyborgs, technically, and the cyborgs are trying to kill the humans. And that's the premise of the game. And And the game has actually has a lot of decisions. And apparently there's crazy actions that happen throughout the whole game, which is very reminiscent of the, of the show, which is a very good show, by the way. I don't know if either of you have seen it, but it's one of my favorite sci-fi shows. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Maybe I'll watch it. Yeah, the old man is awesome on it. Old man's what they named the Admiral. Nice. But yeah, it's such a good show. The acting is superb on it too. And it's uh Canadian, it's not Canadian made, but it was filmed in Vancouver. 
Cool. So a bunch of the cast members are Canadian, cool. yeah. So it's a very complex game. I actually watched a 20-minute playthrough of it and got zero from it. <laughs> <laughs> Other than there's a lot of mechanics and a lot of decisions, and you're probably sitting there with an instruction manual as you play it. So that came in at rank 73 of all the games. So it's second on the list of social deduction, but it comes in at rank 73. Nemesis was first on the list of social deduction or traitors. It came in at rank 30. Is the rank like the overall? Yeah, it's overall of all the games. So Nemesis is pretty high up there. Battlestar Galactica, the board game, is pretty high up there. Coming in under 100 of all the games, but third on social deduction is Dead of Winter, a Crossroads game. So we've all all played this. (laughs) And we were just talking about it a minute ago. And yeah, I feel like it should be up there. It got a lot of love via the Will Wheaton years. You know, when he was playing his 2014 game, it was featured on Tabletop, his show, and it sold a lot of copies from just being on his show. Nice. Which is pretty awesome. And we've all played it. It's fun. The one thing I don't like about it, though, is there's a zillion rules and it takes hours to play. I've never played a game of it under two hours ever. yeah but it's fun though it's exhausting yeah, but <laughs> i always had fun like we that was the first game that we played that i played when i joined Us? the game group yeah and that was the first game that was introduced and i was like this, this is amazing i thought board games were just like monopoly yeah and, and it it, know, it, um, it really does and you know will will wheaton's tabletop really changed how people thought about board games nice. and and this is one of the ones that he showcased and took off and it's good and it's good but it's very it is actually very reminiscent of Battlestar Galactica too cool similar mechanics and everything the next game coming in fourth on the list at rank 117 overall is the resistance Avalon so this game is actually from the resistance universe the original one of the main social deduction games also featured on table top was the resistance which is a game where you have two hidden teams and the good guys and the bad guys and they're trying to go on missions and you choose two people to go on a mission every round and they can either help fail the mission or pass the mission and you don't know who so you're trying to deduce who it is the the avalon version is kind of a uh, merlin version of it so it's themed with knights and i don't know what the evil knights are but there's merlin in it and there's a lady of the lake in it too which gives a different effect but the cool note about avalon is that it was such a good version of resistance that they made expansions for the original resistance which included an assassin, which gave like a couple other ways of winning the game. So it wasn't just you either win or lose. It's like, hey, let's add in these other elements that could change the gameplay. Cool. I've played the Resistance. I never played Avalon, but I played the Resistance with an assassin. And actually, after looking this game up, I didn't even realize that the assassin was part of an expansion. <laughs> it was actually it wasn't even in the original game. And I'm like, oh, I've only played it with the assassin. So it was kind of neat to like see that. And then coming in just below it at number five at 178 overall is Secret Hitler. So you can argue that Secret Hitler is basically the resistance (laughs) (laughs) but with a couple ways to win you can assassinate hitler or you can elect fascists there's just a couple different ways but overall it plays very similarly although someone might disagree and be very upset with me saying that and probably tell me i'm completely wrong which i probably am in some sort of way because i've never played it but i looked up enough about it to know that it's very similar and then finally the last one which coming in at number six which you can argue if you threw nemesis off the list it would be number five and then overall at 179 is deception murder in hong kong released in 
2014. This game is a little bit heavier than the Resistance, but the whole idea is that you're trying to solve a murder by figuring out what weapons were used. And there's obviously a traitor in it, the murderer, and then there's a bunch of detectives trying to figure out who the murderer is. It's, it's a neat game. We, we played it. I don't think we really liked it, but that could have been, we might have had a lot of burnout. So we play a lot of social deduction games back when we first started playing board games and this is one of the last social deduction games we played when we first started and I just remember just because we played so many of them we just were just really tired and and and, that, and that's kind of a thing right when you when you get into a genre of game and you play a lot of them because you know we played a lot like think, think of all the games we played we played coup shadows over camelot we had uh, dead of winter resistance werewolf deception murder in hong kong werewolf citadels all those are social deduction games we played all those within the same year i'm pretty sure yeah for the most part so like we were just like after that we're like oh i can't play any more of these <laughs> you know i can't burnout's a real thing man i was actually surprised that some of the games that weren't on the list like do you see my honorable mentions down there mm-hmm. like do you think that any of those should be above some of the games that we met we talked about i mean i haven't played any of those games but i think the ones that are higher up have more of a table presence than those other games what do you you mean by a a table presence you know like a nice board a lot of components pieces pieces and stuff like that right especially like nemesis or dead of winter and stuff like that right like you know going up against coup which is just some cards and tokens right right werewolf's the same thing it's just a bunch of cards yeah i i i think the list is, is accurate here's the million dollar question of the games you played on that list how would you where would you put mantis falls like would i put it in this top five or six or made make an honorable mention would you or would you or do you think the list should be split into two different things maybe i really like mantis falls and i know you really like mantis falls you think it's the top and most innovative game of 2020 <laughs> <laughs> i did say that yep quote unquote that. matt 2020 <laughs> you know I, I i think i think once people play it it'll get a good rank and i think if it makes it out of like the indie board game genres if it gets a mass audience i i think it has the potential more mainstream, more mainstream yeah like, I think it has the potential to to have a pretty high rank. Yeah, I, I agree. And and of those games, like you know, I played Nemesis, I played Dead of Winter, I played Resistance, played Deception, Murder in Hong Kong. You know, I I feel like I like it better than Dead of Winter. I really do. Yeah. So I would put it. I think if it actually became mainstream, I think it has very high potential. Quote me again. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's a better game than Dead of Winter. Yeah, and I know like when we we wrote our review that's on Board Game Geek, you wanted something more like more difficult to play than Kua Resistance, but less difficult to play than something like Dead of Winter. There's two things there. It's a light game. Is it a light game or a heavy game? Well, it's actually a medium social deduction game. Right. Right. You can argue it's very similar to Deception Murder in Hong Kong, not to the game, but to the to the weight of it. And I, I think it's right up there. I think it's actually way better than deception murder in hong kong which couldn't hold our attention yeah and i think it's way better than dead of winter and i also think it's also better than shadows over camelot yeah and is it better than coup well i think it's in a different category than coup right right coup is a little lighter it's this is a little heavier coup's more of a party game do i want to play it over the the resistance yes <laughs> yes i do do i want to play it over werewolf well werewolf's a giant game of more people right but i still think i like it right. better than werewolf I'd rather play with three people than play with 20 people werewolf, you know? All right. Quote me on this all you want. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. I I think there's two lists. Technically, there's light games, and that would be, in order, would be Resistance, Secret Hitler, Coup, and Werewolf. And then there's the heavier games, which is Battlestar Galactica, Dead of Winter, Shadows of Camelot, 
citadels and we're not even going to include nemesis it's its own thing so when you say light and heavy you mean light as in like lighter rules easier to pick up kind of more casual yeah. for heavy do you mean like more complex more rule heavy more intensive like longer game time so more like more hardcore board game right. no <laughs> i'm kidding yeah 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 I'm no sorry. no we, no we mean like the actual weight of the box <laughs> Well, they go they go hand in hand. Yeah, I mean, hand, yeah. Nemesis would be like the the heaviest. <laughs> yeah, because there's four thousand boxes. Um, but but joking aside, yeah, light light would be a game that you can learn the rules in ten minutes. Everyone understands it. A heavier game like Battlestar Galactica is like you're gonna play through it, you know, three times before you understand what you just did. Even when we played Dead of Winter, we didn't learn it really well the first time. It probably took two or three playthroughs, and you're just like, wow, I keep screwing up these rules because there's just so many <laughs> rules, right? So the beauty about Manus Falls is that it's kind of like I said, it's an in between. It's it's not doesn't have as many rules. It's easier to learn than Battlestar Galactica, but it's has more rules than say the resistance. So it's an, it has a nice presence on the table. So with those two lists, you know, I said Mantis Falls kinda fits on the heavier side and I like I said it's better than Dead of Winter. I haven't played Battlestar Galactica, so I can't comment on that, but I definitely like it better than Dead of Winter, Shadows or Camelot, so yeah. forth. But I will admit I like I actually like Shadows or Camelot better than Dead of Winter. So <laughs> the list is a little different for me. Yeah. Now, what about Grim Masquerade? Where would you put that? I mean, well, that game's a light game. Yeah, I, I agree. I feel like I'd rather play that than than saying like Coup Resistance. Oh well, really? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I we I think Coup I might be like burn burnout a little bit. Coup would be the game like we would play that every game. Yeah, we that's like the last game. Right. Finish the night off. Because right? it's so easy, right? Yeah. So the, the Grim Masquerade offers a little bit, some nice strategy to it. And I think that's why I enjoy it probably a little bit more. Like I find Coup to be a party game and Grim Masquerade would be a game that you can bring out on game night. Yeah. I was, I was just going to say that too. Of that light list, you know, Resistance, Secret Hitler, Coup, and Werewolf. First of all, I'd reorder it, right? I would say I prefer coup over resistance and then i probably actually prefer werewolf and resistance about the same secret hitler i never played so I, I can't comment again i actually would put the grim masquerade below coup but if you remove the party games it would be above coup would i rather play the grim masquerade than over some of the heavier games yes <laughs> <laughs> but but i will say that i probably would play shadows over camelot before i play grim masquerade fair if i had the choice but as a lighter game grim masquerade is definitely better than resistance i think it's better than werewolf i think it's a little bit different than coup coup is maybe a little more party where you're saying that one's a little more deduction i definitely agree with that cool so there you go there's our thoughts yeah on where these games stand so you heard it here first matt loves mantis falls better than <laughs> all these other social deduction games and grim masquerade falls into a nice little head of the light category so it's kind of, so I, I think one of the, the things that we see is just that social deduction games have not been as popular in the last couple of years because of that burnout well thank you all for listening and if you like what you hear don't forget to leave us a review on apple Podcasts or hit that follow button on your favorite streaming platform is there a game that you would like for us to check out and talk about or have you created a game that you want us to preview well, let us know by emailing us at info at fridaynight.games and don't forget to check us out on our social medias instagram at friday night games underscore official twitter at friday night gms and our website at friday games don't forget to check back next friday for our next episode and remember it's friday night and let's have some fun <laughs>